Hello and welcome to another episode of the Totally Biased Browns podcast. On today's episode, we get an update as to the current status of the Cleveland Browns head coaching search. I give my own personal preference as to who I'd like to see the Browns name as the next head coach. And we take a look at the roster and see where any potential head coach could make some improvements. So without further ado, let's get into it. You're going to wake up, you got everything in order, and you're just going to record the podcast. And you decide, hey, let me let me do a last-minute check to make sure I've got all the last up-to-date news. And then everything's turned on its head with one report. <laughs> all right, let's, so let's get into the coaching search. Um, obviously, the big news this morning, as I'm recording, uh, is that the Browns have been blocking uh, other teams request to interview interim offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens for their offensive coordinator roles. Now, a lot of people are automatically going to jump to the speculation that this means that he's staying with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, That's not necessarily the case. I think it's more just the fact that, A, the Browns only have to let Freddie interview for a position that is considered to be a promotion. So at this point, the only job that they have to let him interview for would be somebody else's head coaching job. Um, with that, like if he's just doing a lateral move from offensive coordinator to coordinator position, they can obviously block that. And I think that's more the case that if they decide they're not going to go in the direction with him as head coach, that it still leaves the possibility that whoever they bring in could hire him on as their offensive coordinator. So I wouldn't read too much into it, but of course it's sending Browns Nation into a frenzy on social media. It'll be interesting to see where it leads up. Um, Much like he was before the draft, Dorsey has been extremely tight-lipped on the situation. Not a lot of news is leaking out. There's been a lot of changes just this morning um, from last night. So let's do a hard reset right quick, and and let's see where we stand. Okay, so as far as actual request to other teams to interview their, their coaches, we have Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator at Indianapolis, Nick... I'm always going to do this. Uh, Nick Sirinetti, the offensive coordinator at Indianapolis. Uh, Dan Campbell, who is the tight ends and assistant head coach with New Orleans. And Kevin Stefanski, the interim offensive coordinator uh, at Minnesota. Those are the only confirmed uh, names out there that the Browns have put request in to interview. Um I've also heard things about Josh McDaniels, but I have not seen anything saying that the Browns have actually reached out to the Patriots to ask permission 
to interview him for the head coaching position, which is slightly surprising. And then there was also rumors for a while that the Browns were going to uh, interview Adam Gase and that uh, <laughs> he was the front runner all because of Peyton Manning having Jimmy Haslam's ear. And I called BS on that one from the beginning because Peyton Manning has no official ties to the Cleveland Browns. Um, even from before when a lot of people wanted Peyton Manning to come in and be the general manager after he retired, uh, all the reports that I heard was, yeah, he had somewhat of a relationship with Jimmy, but it wasn't anything super close. It was more just they knew each other in passing from, of course, Peyton's time with Tennessee and then all the connections to Tennessee that Jimmy Haslam has. But again, he's never had any official um, title or link to the team and for him to all of a sudden have enough pull with Jimmy uh, to, to say, you know what? I used to be coached by this guy. And even though all of his players at, at Miami were hated him and wanted him gone and quit on him, I'm going to have you override your own general manager who hasn't even put in a request to have him come in to interview and you're going to listen to me and not John Dorsey. Like, I, that's old Browns dysfunction right there, and I wasn't going for it at all. Come to find out, a report finally came out that the Browns had no intentions of actually interviewing Adam Gase. He is getting some interviews from uh, a couple other teams. I think the Cardinals and Jets, if I remember correctly, but not our Cleveland Browns. Now, with all that said, we actually do have some movement already as far as interviews being completed. Um, both Greg Williams and Jim Caldwell interviewed on Tuesday. Now, uh, I know a lot of people were automatically freaking out yet again when they saw Jim Caldwell's name. Um, he's definitely not high on my list. I'm not as down on him as a lot of people are, but honestly... Um, I mean, you just look at it. I mean, he did go to the Super Bowl with the Colts. Um, he also went nine and seven back to back years before he got fired with Detroit. Look at what they've done since they fired him. Nothing. Um, he's a decent coach, not a great coach. I don't think he's the type of coach that would, uh, elevate the Browns to where they want to go, especially when you're coming off a year like we had. He puts me in that Jeff Fisher mind where you're going to hover around 500 with him. But honestly, I don't think he was serious consideration. Um, I think he was just a, a Rooney Rule uh, interview, honestly. I don't think the Browns actually had any real interest in... Um, Seriously looking at him for the position. I mean, obviously, that that's going to sound bad, but, I mean, it's the case. With the Rooney Rule, you have to hire, uh, at least interview one minority candidate. Honestly, I thought that was going to be uh, the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs. But apparently the ties that everybody just assumed that this search process was going to have to the Kansas City Chiefs isn't there. I don't think... As a matter of fact, I haven't seen anything regarding John Dorsey wanting to interview or possibly interviewing at some point anybody from the Chiefs 
coaching staff. So all the pundits that just automatically assumed that that was going to happen have a little bit of egg on their face right now. Uh, those are the only two that have actually interviewed at this point. We have received word along with the fact that Freddie has been blocked from interviewing at other teams coordinators or for other teams coordinators positions that he'll actually get an interview at some point next week. Uh, that makes sense because John Dorsey had given all of the assistant coaches the week off. So I figured that if they didn't squeak uh, in an interview for Kitchens before he left, that he would get an interview when he came back. It looks like that's what's going to happen. Um, and of course, everybody's already running wild with the speculation that you know he's getting blocked from others, that he's a lock. I saw one, one person tweet out that uh, he's already been hired as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns and that for some reason John Dorsey's just waiting to make the announcement for some reason. I, people are going a little too crazy with this. Uh, Mike McCarthy was supposed to interview today. That has been rescheduled for some point next week. I saw reports about people saying that today they were going to come out and announce Mike McCarthy as the head coach after his interview, like people already had it unlocked. I thought that was a little ridiculous, especially with the other interviews that have been set up. Um, Kevin Stefanski, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, was supposed to interview on Monday, but it looks like they've moved up his interview to today. So that's pretty interesting. He, the obviously the Vikings aren't in the playoffs, so it might just have been a situation to get him in before he had like some sort of schedule conflict or something like that. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Who else? Oh, yeah. Dan Campbell is supposed to interview tomorrow. Uh, that'll be an interesting one. A lot of people are high on him. So really all that that leaves out would be Flores from... New England, and then both the coordinators from Indianapolis. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that they didn't set something up with Flores this week, seeing how they should have been able to do that with the Patriots having the bye week. Um, maybe I'm misunderstanding the league policy on the coaching interviews, but I thought that if they had a bye week this week, they were free to interview and then they couldn't interview him until the divisional round after that. Um, as far as the Colts, I believe we'll see both of the uh, coordinators get interviews some point next week. Obviously, they're preparing for their first round, the wild card games this week. They can't interview this week, but they can interview next week. Now let's move on from what's actually happened to pure hopes and dreams. Uh, everybody has their own preference as far as what they'd like to see. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are in the Greg Williams camp, just keeping things uh, status quo with Williams as head coach, Kitchens as offensive coordinator. Um, I'm seeing a growing interest in promoting Freddie Kitchens to head coach and still keeping Greg Williams on as defensive coordinator. Um, but a lot of it is just basically as long as it's those two guys back in their positions in 2019 coaching the defense and offense, they really don't care 
who's head coach. They just want them both back. Um, personally, for me, the only way that that works is if it's in the same capacity that they are now, and that's Greg Williams' head coach, Freddie Kitchens' offensive coordinator. I don't think it works if you promote Kitchens to head coach and demote Williams back to defensive coordinator. On the same token, I think it's far more pertinent if you're going to keep one of the two to keep Kitchens over Williams. Um, I I think Baker would be fine learning a new system. I don't think we have to worry about him like we did quarterbacks of the past. Um. At the same time, you would like a little bit of continuity that way instead of starting over while also taking that next step in his development, he can just continue with an offense that he's familiar with. And honestly, an offense that works pretty well. There were times here and there where, you know, play calling was a little questionable and uh, the game plan coming into it was a little questionable, but considering, you know, he, Freddie Kitchens only has half a season of work as far as actually putting all that together. I still think the results were pretty well. Especially when you look at the last game uh, against Baltimore, the number one rated off uh, defense in the league, and Baker Mayfield hit him for almost 400. Yeah, the, the running game wasn't there, but it wasn't there in the first game either, from what I remember. Um but to still be able to put together a good passing attack to kind of offset the lack of rushing was nice. Uh, in years past, that's a game where the Browns struggled to get to 200 total yards. You probably have the three interceptions, no touchdowns. The Browns are blown out. Never a game from the beginning. But here they were actually able to put something together. So again, Freddie Kitchens, if you're going to keep one of them, it's more important to keep Freddie Kitchens than it is Greg Williams. Also, if you're worried about keeping Freddie Kitchens, which a lot of people are already assuming the Browns are seeing how they're turning down uh, other teams from interviewing Kitchens to be their coordinator, why keeping in a position at coordinator when he's just going to get picked a year or two down the road for somebody else's head coaching job? And then everything that you've been worried about as far as that continuity with Baker Mayfield is gone. You have new offensive coordinator at that point, new system starting over, and where he should be taking that step to we've made the playoffs, hopefully a, a deep playoff if not a Super Bowl run next year, That where we should be thinking, okay, not only are we thinking division titles and playoffs, we're thinking championships. Now we're going into that mindset of, oh, now we have to relearn an offense. And again, Baker, I think he's more than capable of doing that. I just don't think that that's an ideal scenario when you're looking into where we want to be at that point in his progression as that franchise guy. So how do you take care of that? You move Freddie Kitchens to head coach. He can still call plays if he wants to, if he wants to bring in another offensive coordinator or promote uh, one of the coaches on the staff underneath him up to offensive coordinator and let them call plays. I'm fine. Whatever he wants to do at that point, as long as it's the same system, same mentality of doing what works best for the players. That's really all I care about. Whether that's Freddie calling plays or not, doesn't really matter. 
Obviously, you look at it, I'm sure he would like to, to keep calling plays, but at that point when you're the head coach, you're more of a manager and delegator more than anything else. So, you know, he's going to have to have his hands on both hand, both sides of the ball, including special teams. So we'll just have to see how that works out. But Freddie Kitchens, head coach. With the defensive side, sad to say you let Greg Williams walk. See if he can get a head coaching position or a defensive coordinator job somewhere else. And you bring in, let's say, somebody that Freddie Kitchens might have worked with in Arizona. A good defensive coordinator, took a head coaching job, didn't quite work out, but he's a good defensive coach. Todd Bowles. I'm one of the ones that are in the camp that think that, honestly, Greg Williams' defense is a little overrated. There's no real scheme to it. He likes to bring pressure, but if he's not causing turnovers, his defense gives up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Very rarely do we see them completely shut down a team for an entire game. That happened a couple of times this year, but then when you actually take a look at who they were playing, I'm looking at the Bengals roster, where you're missing A.J. Green, you're missing Tyler Boyd, um, you're missing your tight ends, you're missing your quarterback. You should be able to shut those teams down. But then you look at the Ravens game, where you know exactly what the Ravens are going to do coming into the game, because ever since Lamar Jackson's took over, they run the ball like crazy, throw it a few times, but yet you still look unprepared for it. Then there's the lack of tackling. There's the same things that pop up over and over again as far as not being able to cover a tight end, not being able to keep contain on quarterbacks and running backs, getting to the outside, not being able to cover a running back coming out of the backfield. It's the same thing over and over again. So I think we could use a new voice on the defensive side. Todd Bowles is one of those that comes in. He's ran multiple schemes on defense, whether it's a 3-4-4-3. It's all based on his personnel, so he could keep a 4-3 defense, which I know a lot of people are worried about for the defense, and move forward. I'm sure when you look, you look at his numbers when he was with the Jets, and yeah, his defense wasn't statistically a lot better than Cleveland, but I think a lot of that happens from him trying to do too much with the team as far as both sides of the ball and special teams. I think Todd Bowles was a little over his head as a head coach. I think you put him back into the defensive role and let him be just a defensive coordinator and you'll see the defensive numbers increase. Kind of how like Greg Williams was honestly probably a better head coach than a defensive coordinator. I think Todd Bowles is a better defensive coordinator than he was a head coach. Plus with the fact that he's been a head coach, he can be that person for Freddie to lean on as far as, Hey, what, what do what would you do in this scenario? You know, Freddie would be the rookie head coach, but yet you'd have Todd that's been through it for three years in New York City with the Jets that he could kind of go to bounce ideas off of to make help make decisions as far as how to handle certain situations. And I think that'd be nice for Freddie to kind of have that experience on his staff. But moving on. Regardless of who John Dorsey ends up naming, as the next head coach for our Cleveland Browns. Uh, we, we do have to look at the roster um, and, and figure out what we're going to do in, in a few areas. Now, 
the great thing is we're set up better than we have been in many, many years. Uh, we definitely don't have as many holes, but we could definitely use a little bit of patchwork, I'd say. Um, and it personally for me, when I look at the team, these, these are some of the areas that I see that the Browns could could use a little bit of of patchwork, like I said. Um, offensive line depth, I think, would be nice. Uh, you still have question marks, in my opinion, at the two tackle positions. Uh, it got better once uh, Harrison was taken out and they moved Robinson in at left tackle. You really didn't hear anything from Hubert on the right side all year. But when you look at the offensive line, the two tackle positions are easily the weakest link. Interior, two guards, center, uh, Zeitler, uh, Petonio, everybody. That's fine. They're going to be fine. But we could address the tackle positions. And this might be a spot where you see them draft a young tackle uh, in the first or second round of the draft. Maybe put him over on the right side let Robinson take over for another year and then maybe move him over to the left side in a year or two. Um, also, I'd like to see them address the linebacker position and that's more for depth as well. Um, personally, Jamie Collins, I'm over it. Um, me personally, I grew up in the small town, Mississippi, real close to Southern Miss, uh, followed Jamie Collins during his college career. thought he was a freak act athlete. When the Browns ended up training for him from New England, I was extremely happy to have one of my college team's players on my professional team. But he's just not cutting it. There's too many plays off, you know, lack of effort. Just, it, it's frustrating. Because he easily has the talent to where he could play lights out and be that game-changing linebacker. But you just don't see enough out of him. Now, Avery came on late in the season for Kirksey and in my opinion was lights out. I think you could probably put Avery over where Jamie was, let Jamie go would save a crap ton of cap space, have Kirksey back, and then you just draft some linebackers, or maybe if, you know, there's a decent free agent, you go get yourself a, a linebacker for, for more depth. That way you can rotate them in, keep them fresh. Kind of like how we were supposed to have at the beginning of the season uh, before that whole IRS evasion tax fraud thing came out. Um, moving on, though, defensive line, it would not be nice to have a little bit of depth. Maybe get somebody to pair up with Okunjobi. Um, or if you want to get somebody to pair on the opposite side of Miles Garrett, I know... Ogba had flashes here and there, but it seemed like he disappeared. And with as much attention as Garrett gets on his side, we need somebody on the opposite side that can just cause havoc. That way they can't afford to constantly double and triple team Miles Garrett the entire game. Uh, I'd also look into the tight end position. Uh, Najoku, I thought, came on very well late in the season. I think I saw a stat where he only had one drop over the last seven, eight games of the season, which is fantastic. He seemed like he was more of a weapon for Mayfield to use once Freddie Kitchens took over as coordinator. 
And I do think that he'll continue to be able to develop. I'd like to see him develop a little bit as a run blocker and pass blocker when he stays in on protection. But he is only 22 years old, so there's no reason to give up on him yet. But when you look at the other tight ends on the roster as far as Darren Fells, uh, is Seth DeValve even on the team anymore? I can't even remember. And then... um, Charles, who was officially a fullback, according to Hugh Jackson, they're all a little bit older. And it'd be nice for them to go out, especially in this draft class that's coming out, go get you another young tight end, another playmaker to pair up with Njoku, and then you're just taking the possibilities for this offense to an even higher level. Um, Along with that, I'd like to see him go get a wide receiver with some size. I think, especially if we bring Perriman back, I think that the wide receiver room looks solid, but I would definitely like to see them go get... It doesn't even have to be a barn burner. When you have Callaway, if you bring Perriman back, you've already got two guys that can stretch the field vertically. Go get me a big 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 230, just the possession, I'm going to go up, block you out type of guy, because I don't really feel like we have that guy. I think Perriman might be the tallest receiver on the ro- the roster. Um, or maybe that, uh, what was his name, the Willies kid that came out in the first Baltimore game and then ended up getting hurt. He was, pro- I think he was like 6'3". And seeing him run down the field was amazing. So go get me somebody with some size. That way we can keep Landry on the slot. Higgins as the number two on the, the, the opposite side. And then you get, get me this big possession guy. Somebody that's going to be a red zone threat. Uh, switching gears a little bit back to the defense, cornerbacks, I'd like to see them get a little bit more depth. Um, I thought Mitchell played well. He wasn't the Mitchell from before his wrist injury that he was at the beginning of the season. I thought Carey was solid. Uh, Denzel Ward was fantastic. I do worry about him being able to stay healthy, having his concussions so close together like that. Hopefully he'll change his tackling style going into next season, or maybe not try to challenge somebody that's twice his size who's stepping out of bounds. That would be nice. Um, But I did notice when Mitchell went out or when Ward went out, when we didn't have our full complement of cornerbacks, when you put Bodie Calhoun on the field, you open up somewhere for the the opposing team's quarterback to attack. I liked Calhoun a couple years ago when he was that undrafted free agent that came in, he played solid, he made plays, but he's, in my opinion, hasn't actually improved since then. So go out, get me another cornerback for some depth. It doesn't have to be somebody that's going to be a number one uh, cornerback. That's what we got Denzel Ward for. Mitchell is a nice, solid number two cornerback. But if they can find a guy that could be a solid number two and then put Mitchell as a slot guy or could overtake Carey to be the slot guy or just be nice depth to have to where if something happens to one of our cornerbacks, we're not having to bring Randall down from the safety position to cover and be a cornerback. It would be nice. And then there's the same old issue that the Browns always have. 
quarterback. Yep. We have Baker Mayfield, but we still have to find a nice, solid, developmental quarterback. The Browns can actually do that. Uh, I was hoping that they might could go get Brogan back, but it looks like he signed with the Steelers. So now, look at the draft. It's not a great draft for quarterbacks, so this would be probably one of the best times to do it. The Browns can start, you know, fourth, fifth round. One of those quarterbacks that has, you know, some tools. A little bit of, a little bit of uh, raw talent. Grab him in the, the late in the round. Stick him third string, second string quarterback. Let him develop behind Baker Mayfield. Couple years, let him play. You know, once we've got to the point where we're not playing our starters in week 17, the young kid comes in, has a spot start, and now, much like New England with Brian Hoyer and Matt Castle and Jimmy Garoppolo and Brissett, we just trade these players off. You know, uh, second, first, third round draft picks to, to get our backup quarterbacks. And then we take the next guy in the next draft. Something to think about. Um, obviously, Tyrod's going to be gone. Uh, we have Stanton under contract for one more year. But it's time to go get that developmental backup quarterback. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. I do appreciate you guys stopping by, listening, taking the time. As always, feel free to find me on Twitter at, at Bias Browns. I definitely enjoy interacting with folks on there. Um, In closing, I do want to say one thing to Browns fans uh, as we continue on with this head coaching search. Please, 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 please take everything with a grain of salt. Okay, you are going to hear reports about this happening and that happening, much like Freddie Kitchens when we woke up this morning being denied coordinator uh, job interviews with other teams. Do not jump to conclusions. So far, I have already seen that Mike McCarthy was named the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. He hasn't even interviewed. Uh, People thought Jim Caldwell getting the interview meant that he was the head coach. Just speculation. Adam Gase, the whole Peyton Manning, Adam Gase thing, which I touched on, like, Don't overreact. The news media is out there. They're all trying to beat each other to have the next breaking story. And what it's going to do is it's going to be a lot of false news or unverified news that comes out. But we can't listen to it. Wait for what the Browns say for official releases and go based on that. Because things are going to change in the, in, the, in the blink of an eye. Just like today. It was supposed to be Mike McCarthy interviewing today. But what do we get? Mike McCarthy's now interviewing next week when he was supposed to be interviewing today. The offensive coordinator from Minnesota was supposed to be interviewing next week, but now he's interviewing today. It's just everything changes. Okay. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Take everything as it goes. And just relax. Enjoy the process. John Dorsey is going to go out and get the best coach for the Cleveland Browns. Trust Dorsey. There's been nothing that that man has done so far that shouldn't give you the utmost confidence that he's going to make this the correct pick. So relax. Enjoy the ride. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Totally Biased Browns Podcast. Go dogs. Go dogs.